Welcome back, <clears throat> folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We bring in my dear, dear friend, Rick Perry, who's former energy secretary in the Trump administration, former longtime governor of the great state of Texas. Rick Perry, you are a prince to help us out today. You really, I love you for it. Oh, happy to do it, no, my friend. It's, great. it's always a pre- give, pleasure to get to visit with you. Give a hug um, to the great Anita, please. Just, I will. We uh, we lost our old black lab last Friday, so oh. we're still in a little bit of, of mourning. This was a great dog. Ten years she had cancer. Seven years she lived with oh. uh, three legs and oh. just a great and good and never complaining dog. And anyway, she went to heaven on Friday, and, oh. and uh, we celebrate her life. And, and Nita's in a little bit of mourning over that, but I will pass on to you. Oh, I love her. She's a great You're lady. A, you know, Judy and I lost... Be- here we are talking about dogs. Why not? Judy and I lost our longtime dog, uh, the Sealingham Terrier, I guess it was last February, and it was really hard. Wow. Yep. We'd had her yep. for a dozen years, you know. And, yeah. But we well, got- they've, they've really become like family, and, and, and I'm a big believer that dogs go to heaven. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to see this dog again someday. But the point is uh, that – you know, people who uh, people who understand taking care of these animals, and particularly mm. in their later years when they have some challenges, that there's just a real compassionate heart there. My wife literally slept on the couch for the last six weeks, mm. uh, taking care of this dog, taking her out two or three, four times a night. So mm. anyway, just a reflection of my wife's great heart. Oh, she's wonderful. You know, when we when we were all out of office, I mean. Anita used to text me, how am I doing? And, you know, <laughs> going to church and keeping my yeah. faith up. And, boy, yeah. that's just so wonderful. She's a she's a lovely lady, let me tell you. I, I uh, You know, she's the first girl I ever had a date with. Um, <laughs> we, we dated for 16 years. She was kind of a hard sell, frankly. And uh, then we finally got married after 16 years. So we've been together either dating or married for I think 56 years now, so uh, since 1966, um, I, I I got it right right off the bat. So anyway, she's a lovely lady. I love her to death. You know, my, my my saintly wife Judy. We're married 35 years this past summer, but I got to tell you, it's a similar story because in the mid 80s, I kept proposing to her and she wouldn't hit the bid. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just, it wasn't 16 years, but it was five or six times and she would not I hit totally the bid. totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> God, Lord. Oh, well, that, that made you a better, a better person. I think so. Uh, you know, I sold Bible books the summer of 1969 in a little town called Festus, Missouri, and it's where I really learned rejection. I mean, literally, you're going up to these mm. houses, knocking on the door and saying, hey, I'm uh, I'm here to talk to you about the church, and I got these books I'd like you to look at. Mm. And at 8 o'clock in the morning, there's not a lot of people really interested in letting you in their house to talk about these <laughs> Bible books. <laughs> so, you know, you're kind of like, all right, well, the next house is going to let me in. But anyway, it, it prepared me well for the uh, uh, the profession that I uh, subsequently ended up in and, and asking people for their vote. Rick Perry, you have been such an outstanding public servant for all these years. What were you were the governor? Were you four times governor? Uh, Fourteen years, so you know, three and a half. Three and, times. and a half times. And uh, I was the agriculture commissioner from nineteen ninety one through ninety eight, and then. 
Lieutenant governor for a two-year period of time right. uh, until George W. Bush went to Washington as no, the president. That's right. That's right. Elevated up and took a half a, yeah. a half of a term there. So uh, I have been blessed, and you know, watching the state of Texas become this just juggernaut economically, and so much of it is, uh, you know, uh, by God's gift of these natural resources that we have, these fossil fuels. And uh, which is, you know, America has been given this great gift, Mm. and that's these resources. It's the innovation. It's the technology. It's the capitalism. I tell people, uh, Larry, the two greatest things that happened to mankind, and I I talk about over the arc of, of, of history, the two greatest things to help mankind flourish has been capitalism mm. and fossil fuels. Mm. Mm. Think about that. Mm. How I mean, and and I would argue, I would debate, which I'm not very good at, as you know. But uh, the I would I would debate that with anyone that capitalism mm. and fossil fuels have so changed the world so that people's lives are better. You know, we we had these arguments today about these people that are, uh, they. Uh, they worship at the altar of the of the climate and this woke environmentalism, and you got to have a really black heart mm. to be in that camp, in my opinion, mm. because basically what you're saying is we want to do away with fossil fuels. We want people to quit using fossil fuels, and reality is, if you get rid of fossil fuels, if you go net zero by by 2050. You're saying to billions of people around the world, particularly on the continent of Africa and in India, sorry, you're just going to die. Your children are never going to have access to a sonogram or or a a incubator. Uh, You're not going to have the power to light your house. You're going to have to burn wood or dung or and and what a cold hearted uh, message to people around the world and i'm doing it based on a myth and i just i it drives me out the wall i I tell you larry it's it's and and that's one of the reasons that i'm such a proponent of uh, fossil fuels developing fossil fuels and this administration and their war against fossil fuel not only is it just destroying some people's lives today economically but we're seeing their policies put our country in jeopardy from a national defense standpoint. Uh, well, think about this this latest uh, withdrawal from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Uh, I, I, I made a withdrawal while I was the Secretary of Energy, but I didn't do it for a political stunt. Mm. I did it because of Hurricane Harvey. Mm. And, and, and that's why that Strategic Petroleum Reserve is there, is in case we have a, a a national or a natural disaster of which you've got to have this fuel uh, to to take care of people to to uh, to make them uh, to make them. Um, sorry, I had a dog over here trying to get in a fight with another dog. <laughs> we have plenty of dogs left, even though we lost one on Friday. But the back to the the point at hand here is that. That strategic petroleum reserve is very, very important. And the levels 
are lower than they've been since 1984. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stunning. And it's all been drawn down for political purposes because this president basically does not want to have high gasoline prices on the eighth day of November. Right. That's all he cares about. Right. We we know that's the fact because we we know his conversations that he had with uh, with OPEC with the uh, uh, the the. The, the leadership in, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia basically said, hey, guys, uh, why don't you all wait until after uh, the election before you before you do this? Mm. And, uh, you know, it reminded me, I think it was the Russian president, Medvedev, mm. who leaned across and whispered to Obama. He said, hey, you know, I, I, or Obama whispered to him. I, can't, I think it was the other way around. He said, hey, uh, you know. Uh, I, I can't do this favored for you until after the election. But mm. once we get the election, uh, I mean, the duplicity of people like Obama, Biden, and I think they're one and the same, frankly, mm. uh, or at least, the you know, the, the mindset and the people that are same advising them. Same yeah. mentality. So it, it, it's just it's really it's really sad, Larry, that the the legacy media they they see this, they know what's going on, but they are so beholden to their political positions. Hmm. The, you know, the, 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 we're we're for this group, and we're we don't want to admit that this group is wrong or done bad or what have you, and. I think one of the great challenges that we have as a country is that our media has quit being just reporters of the truth, reporters of the news, and they're not reporting things that are important to protect a particular philosophical uh, political position. Mm. That's really dangerous, in my opinion. You know, on the point about national defense, and people listening should understand, Energy Secretary uh, has domestic uh, uh, energy responsibilities, but Energy Secretary is also an international uh, position. You travel the world. You know, I, I had I had Pompeo on the show on the TV last night, and he yeah, basically yeah he basically said the same thing you did, Rick. He looked at it the same way. I mean, you know, you go back to the 70s when we had the Arab oil embargo, which wrecked this country. It was in large part because we support the United States supported Israel in the war. But that's where Spro came from. And down through the years, it's had a dual purpose, as you have described, for these emergencies and hurricanes and natural disasters, but also international uh, problems. Could be a war, you know. I mean, cutting two million barrels a day, which I think spited Biden. You know, that's the, we shouldn't be vulnerable to that. And you and Trump put it so that we weren't vulnerable. We were the dominant player. We were the swing player. Now Biden has given that power over back to our adversaries and our enemies. And you're saying it. And Mike Pompeo said the same thing last night. Well, the 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 interesting. Uh position that America was in, as you use the word dominant, and we were, uh, Europe made some really bad energy policies, economic policies, 
listening to a teenage uh, girl. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and, and I mean, it's just stunning to me that you've got people who are supposed to be pretty well educated making uh, economic slash energy decisions based on a 15, 16, 17 year old uh, young lady standing up and giving a speech. Mm. Um, it, it's Davos. stunning to me it that Davos. that's what they would do. Yeah. But what we were doing uh, with American liquefied natural gas, I spent a lot of time in Poland, who, by the way, I think is our greatest friend mm-hmm. in the uh, in in the entirety of the European Union. Uh, I think they understand, and you look at their history. When you think about, uh, they were under the thumb of the of, of the Nazis, uh, and then after World War II, they were under the thumb of Stalin and and the communists. Uh, they understand what living uh, under terrible regimes, under communism, under Nazism. And to not have freedom, they understand that. And they're kind of like, we're never going to let ourselves get back in that position again. And they see Putin over there with uh, his energy and his energy policy that he uses as a weapon. And they're kind of like, let's sit down and, and figure out how do we get American LNG laid in here at our terminals on the Baltic? How do we develop our uh, our, our nuclear power uh, we want to, you know, small monitor reactors, et cetera. And the poles were really moving uh, in, a, in a good direction. We were working on a pipeline connection north and south from Poland down into Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, which would have totally given uh, Ukraine uh, the freedom to have gotten away from that east-west pipeline that the Russians uh, operated, that Gazprom uh, operated through there. Uh, uh, so the, the, the point is, American policies that were driven by the Trump administration were really good for Europe. Uh, they were good for the world. Uh, the, you, when you think about the Iranians, and uh, this is a whole other subject here, the idea that the Biden administration is playing nice and footsie mm. with Iran mm. again, and, and uh, again, look at Look Look at what your eyes are telling you on TV and the, the, the freedoms that are being taken away from these people. I mean, literally killing young girls because they refuse to wear a particular piece of clothing. I mean, why would you support an, uh, an administration like that at all, a regime like that? I, I don't get it. And um, – uh, the, the the Trump administration, we had clarity about those types of uh, of those countries, uh, whether it, you know, and, and anyway, it, it's just it's stunning to me that every decision on energy that the Biden administration is making is not good for America, yeah. and it is empowering other countries that aren't necessarily our friends. Heck, adversaries and enemies. Iran, Venezuela, for heaven's sakes, and, of course, Russia. Who's the the beneficiary of $100 a barrel? Vladimir Vladimir Putin wouldn't have invaded anything, Rick, if the oil price were down at 40 or 50. That's what the history shows. When it gets to 100, you know, he gets his his war headdress on. 
I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it works. I don't. I mean, I've never understood the Bidens have no strategic framework of understanding these things. And and what you're saying is what Pompeo said last night. Whatever happened to America first? I thought we were supposed to look out for our own yeah. interests. You know. Yeah. Rick, I gotta let you well, go. Uh, hey, listen, great to be with you. you know, and, you're and, such and, a uh, prince, and uh, we all benefit from your experience and wisdom. We all benefit well, from listening to you. I want to remind all of your listeners: the eighth of November, particularly if you live in Texas, and, and particularly if you live in the Midland Odessa region, uh, at one of the great gifts that we've been given is that fossil fuel. You got to go vote. You got to go vote often. Uh, and, and <laughs> as the old saying goes, vote early and often. <laughs> uh, what, what Republican way of voting often is to take your friends <laughs> and uh, right. to take your way. friends. And, uh, but we've, we've got to win these elections on, uh, the 8th of November, uh, the literally the country's future and Texas future. And as goes, Texas goes the United States. Wow. Terrific stuff. Rick Perry, you are a prince. Love you, brother. Take care of yourself. God Tell bless. your bride hi. God bless. Take care. All right, folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.